and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. I'm your host, Sherry, and I've been through my own ups and downs with sobriety. And if you're listening to this, then you have taken the first step to making a change in your life and finding a community to help you through your sobriety. Now, let's go through this journey together. What's up, fam? Happy Wednesday. I hope that you are having a good week and that you are staying somewhat cool in this horrendous heat wave that the entire country seems to be going through. I hope that you um, were able to take some time and focus on yourself and your sobriety if you are sober or if you're trying to get sober. Um, I know we've had some pretty heavy-hitting topics lately, Um, definitely some in-depth conversations about things that are going on, not only in my life, but um, that I've heard from a couple of people in my meetings. And I know last week we talked about anger. And I know we talked about when we think we're good and how all of these things can affect our sobriety, how they can affect how we feel, how we react to things, um, what complacency does to us. And There's always going to be something that is going to pop up in our lives. And I know lately you've heard me talking about boundaries and negative people in my life, angry people in my life, um, or just dealing with difficult people in general. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about is that people don't, that don't have a program like us typically um, seem to have a lot more resentments, a lot more angers, and have issues when we start to get sober. People see our behavior change and they don't understand it because they don't understand the program. They don't understand how we can have so much serenity in a chaotic world. And That can fuel the anger in a lot of people, the frustration in a lot of people. And I've seen it. I see it from friends. I see it from family. I see it from coworkers. And it's not that I'm lazy or lackadaisical. I just know, number one, that I have a program that works. And number two, I have faith um, that my higher power is going to bring me through whatever I'm going through. Um, So for me... You know, one of the things that I really think talking about is is, that's important is dealing with difficult people because you're going to come into dealing with difficult people your entire sobriety, okay? And you cannot expect everybody to understand how you feel. You cannot expect everybody to do what you want because that's how we got in this position in the first place, right? by expectations, by people, or by thinking that people need to do what we want them to do, by being the puppeteer. And so a lot of people are going to get angry. A lot of people are going to get disturbed. And that part is definitely on us to be able to navigate through that. Because fighting fire with fire only makes a situation worse. And I know that a lot of us have already fought fire with fire And we're probably really tired. And when you get pushed so much, when you get backed up against a wall so many times, 
you're just going to tap out, right? Because nobody wants to go into a 15-round fight. And there are things that we can do to help us deal with people who don't have a program, who are in the program and um, need to have some boundaries set or need to set boundaries for ourselves. So I really wanted to talk about difficult people because I try, I really don't get upset unless I am majorly um, compassionate about a topic or a person, um, my family, my husband, my child, you know, I really don't get angry, like blood boiling angry, unless I feel that there's some injustice. And given the state of the world lately, there's a lot of injustice. So unfortunately, it has to be a pretty strong injustice. But we all have angry people in our lives. We all have those difficult people that we're going to come across, right? Um, The first thing I'm going to talk about is we're going to talk about toxic relationships, okay? And I want to start with toxic relationships because this is one that I have, unfortunately, tons of knowledge in. And toxic relationships are the utmost of importance to remove yourself from. There are certain steps that we take in our lives and in our sobriety to uh, right our wrongs, right? To get back on the path of being a not a better person, a better person, a different person. Um, So if you're in a marriage, a relationship, even if it's your parent or your child, your sibling, or a best friend, I don't care if those people have been around your entire life. Your alcoholism is not an opportunity for them to beat on you, to bring up things. Once you have made your amends, once you have changed your behavior, once there has been enough time where you have made progress and you've done counseling, you've done rehab, you've done all the necessary things, there are just some people that are not going to want to forgive you. They are going to feel like what you did was so unforgivable that they are going to hold it over your head even after you make amends, even after you change your behavior, they're going to call your name, call you names. They're going to possibly, I don't know if you're in a relationship where you're physically being harmed, but you cannot stay in a relationship, friendship, family-ship, situationship that is bad for you, that is toxic. And if you're being toxic back you need to get out of that situation sooner rather than later, okay? Not everything is going to be saved. Not everything is going to be saved. Not all relationships are going to be saved. Not everything is going to be salvageable. And that's okay. If that's your marriage, it's okay. It's okay that your marriage is not going to survive sobriety, okay? Because 
we change as humans no matter what in our marriages and in our lives. But what's more important is that when we change, other people are changing as well. And if you are in a situation where you are changing and they refuse to change, it's okay to get out of that relationship. You're also going to have to deal with difficult family members like a parent or a sibling. Okay? These are relationships that are not easy to just break free from. I get it. I absolutely 110% get it. Okay? So, if you need to leave a toxic relationship, first of all, if you need to leave an abusive relationship and you're being abused, there are women's shelters. You need to call the police and you need to follow through with your report. And you need to make sure you let your sponsor know. Okay? Let someone know. For those of us who deal with toxic relationships, it's smart to talk it out in therapy. Um... Yes, talk to your sponsor, okay? That is absolutely something that you need to do. But um, also talk about it in therapy, okay? Because a therapist is going to help you set boundaries. There are people in my life that I absolutely love that are not toxic, that are simply just difficult. And so my therapist has taught me how to set boundaries, Okay? And boundaries are good. Boundaries are very, very good. And it can be with a mom or a dad or a sibling. It doesn't have to always be your spouse. It doesn't always have to be your boss or a friend. It absolutely needs to be addressed. And you need to tell someone that you have to set boundaries or just set the boundaries yourself. And if it can't happen, then you need to cut your ties. And you need to be done. Because while relationships are important, while community and friendship and camaraderie are important, What's not important is your mental health taking a beating, okay? So this is one area where I really want you to, if you're having these issues in a toxic, abusive relationship, please talk to somebody about getting out, getting help, okay? Um, If you feel it's just a toxic friendship, toxic family member, Talk to your therapist. Talk to your sponsor. There are things that you are just going to have to cut ties with. And that's okay. But for the rest of the world, that is not necessarily toxic. um, That you are just dealing with difficult behavior um, or difficult people. that there are things we can do to understand or try and navigate through the situation. Um, I, I'm going to say this first one with caution because while I do believe that how we react is greatly a bigger part of the problem, 
Um, also recognizing that people's poor behavior is insightful and okay. <laughs> people are jerks, okay? And it's okay for you to go, that person's a jerk. That's totally fine. So if you notice that someone is being difficult, remember, even if their behavior is wrong, that doesn't always un- mean that they understand they're being wrong. They might not see their own patterns of behavior. So they might not change. So what you need to do, and we say this all the time in AA, is try shifting your focus. Okay? We can't change other people's behavior. We can only change ourselves. So how can you respond to their behavior? Okay? It doesn't mean that they're right. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means that, okay, this person is absolutely unable to talk through things, see things, deal with things rationally. So instead of me flying off the handle and saying bad things back, things you can't take back, you absolutely can change your behavior and say, I don't have to accept this right now, or be ready to have a conversation later. You know what? I'm not in the mood to deal with this right now. I see that things are getting out of control. So we're, I'm going to take a step back. And if you want to discuss this later, we can. So just remember, it's easier to control us than it is to really control them. We can't control anybody, okay? Um, number two, this one is really difficult for me, but I'm getting much bunch better with it. I think being an empath also helps with that. And I know a lot of people don't always believe in the whole empathetic, sympathetic thing, but, um, try to understand where someone's coming from. Okay. Hurt people hurt people. And I experienced this a ton in my life. Um, I think I've probably hurt people as well. I mean, I know I have, but I'm talking about even since I got sober. Um, I know that I've made some bad decisions that actually, more or less, <laughs> I hurt people. Or, you know, I was in pain and so I lashed out improperly. So those are things that happen. So Remember that we don't know what everybody else is dealing with. And again, that circles back to number one, right? Like if we don't know what they're dealing with, they might not know what they're dealing with, okay? And their struggles and hardships more than likely have a significant impact on their actions and their presence. So, you know, it's it's hard in the moment to go, gosh, you may really be suffering when they're calling you every name in the book and blaming you for everything that's happening around them, but hurt people hurt people, okay? And remind yourself that at one point in your addiction, possibly in your sobriety, um, you were a piece of work too. So, you know, do your best to understand why they might be acting out. That doesn't mean fix them. That doesn't mean, you know, excuse bad behavior. That just means, hey, 
is there something going on because I see the way you're reacting and I'm not really sure why you're upset with me. So, you know, if it was something I did, I apologize, but can you explain to me why you're upset? You know, give them an opportunity to explain why they are having the reaction to you that they are. Um, you know, you can't unfortunately ask drivers on the road, so you just got to kind of take the middle finger and move on, I guess. <laughs> um, and have an honest conversation, if you can, if you can have an honest conversation with someone. Um, you know, be honest. I've had to do this with my mom a couple of times. Um, I just did it with my dad, too, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he asked me a question about why I did or did not do something. And I told him, listen, this is exactly why I'm choosing to do this. This is what I need for my mental health. You can either be on board or off board, which is fine with me. But this is why it's difficult for me to do this or talk about this or say this or see this. And... um you know, I, I know that you're probably not aware of what's going on, but this is exactly how I feel and boom, be done with it. And, you know, again, they're probably not aware of how they're impacting you. So if you are getting mad at them for continually bringing something up, you never address it. That's partially on you. Okay. So have that honest conversation. Say, hey, when you say this or do this, this is how I feel, you know. Or when you bring this up, I don't believe it's necessary because it technically doesn't have anything to do with me. You are allowed to move on to number four and set boundaries, okay. For me, physical boundaries work really, really well. Um, I go home to Minnesota once or twice a year. Um, but it's really difficult for me um, to go home sometimes because I really, <laughs> I don't want to say I really want to fix the past because I really don't give two flying fucks about the past, to be completely honest. Um, I also quit trying to recreate a new future as well. But there are some physical boundaries that when I go home, god damn are they exploited. And... Oh, it's so difficult for me, you guys. Like, I would rather go to the red carpet where everyone is sloppy drunk and the floor is sticky back home than some of the things that I've put been put into situations with back home. Um, so I, I have to set physical boundaries. Because if I don't set those physical boundaries for myself... What comes next is a multitude of issues. And so I set physical boundaries with people, places, and things. And that is it. And if people, places, and things mean that, gosh, I have to get a hotel room for a night, or I should really rent a car, or I'm not going to go to that event, those are physical boundaries that keep me away from difficult people, difficult situations, and protect my sobriety. Boundaries are a huge, huge, huge part of your sobriety. I'm going to say that again. Boundaries are a huge part of your sobriety. Because when we put ourselves in a situation where we know we are going to see someone, 
fight with someone, be angry with someone, be anxious about someone, constantly be looking over our shoulder. You can't tell me that that's a healthy situation that you honestly feel like you can keep your sobriety intact for. Because it's not. Physical boundaries are okay. Okay? It is difficult. It is not easy. I have finally quit creating other relationships and friendships that don't benefit me and my physical boundaries come into play where I see my mother my best friend and my friend Jim and if I get to see some of my baseball friends awesome otherwise that's it like I have physical boundaries and those physical boundaries are I only see these three people um it's not because I don't believe in other people it's not because I like feel that other people are horrible I just know where I'm safe and I know where I'm appreciated and that's good enough for me um boundaries can also be lifelong or temporary they don't have to be forever they can just be while you're going through this season through this phase through this moment of your life there are people in my life where I'm like hey listen I am just not doing well right now and I need some time and when I'm feeling better I'll come back around and real friends real family members understand that okay you don't have to explain yourself okay um reach out for support when you need it definitely reach out because there are so many times when we don't realize that we need the help that we do okay we can turn on our blinders and we think we can take care of everything and you know I really feel like with the relationships friendships you know mentorships boss ships any kind of ships that you want to sail you're gonna have to have support therapy sponsorship find meetings in your area if you're traveling um Having support is one way of being able to deal with difficult people because we are able to talk to each other and say, oh my God, I've been through that. That's one of the cool things about AA is you can always go to a meeting and somebody will be like, oh, dealt with that. And you're like, what? What? Are you insane? Are you serious? Like, oh, I thought I was the only one. You're not the only one that deals with it. Um, And, you know, it's it's not easy. It's really hard. To give people second chances. Um, I am. Oh I'm a doormat. I I used to be a doormat. Um, I definitely had no issues with selling my soul to the devil in sobriety and in um, active addiction to get people to like me because I just wanted so badly to feel something right. And so my behavior just was not me. It was not me. And there have been so many times that I, <laughs> I um, acted like an idiot. And I was given a second chance. Now, I will also give people second chances. But the thing about my second chance and other people's second chances is is grace and understanding, right? Grace, understanding, compassion, love, forgiveness, because that's that's, that's what's important in life. But, but, (laughs) 
Do not, do not become a doormat and do not use anyone else for a doormat. Forgiveness is always better for the person who gives it than the person who receives it. Okay? Because it keeps us healthy. It keeps us from relapsing. And I think I said this last week in the podcast, you know, being angry with someone is like drinking the poison and expecting the other person to die. That's not how it works. That's not what happens. Okay? So when you are done dealing with a difficult person, there are two options. Forgive them and move on. Forgive them and foster a new relationship. Okay? So these are some of the ways that forgiveness works. It's not always going to work out in your favor, and that's okay. But you need to at least be willing to give grace because we as addicts get a lot of grace. And that's something that's really, really important to me. But I've also learned with my grace comes boundaries, okay? With grace comes boundaries. Because if we allow the same behaviors to happen to us, like we allow the same behaviors to happen from us, there's never really going to be any progress in the relationship. Um, You know, and to be completely honest, the complicated day-to-day relationships are enough, right? Like, they're enough. And so, if you are <laughs> in the grocery store and someone's taking too long, or someone cuts you off, there's there's other difficult people, right? There's the target lady who yelled at you, or... If you're a Starbucks worker or a barista, you know, you get the stupid customer that you didn't put the cold foam on. You know, there's so many things that people will yell at us for or people will annoy us or frustrate us. And so (laughs) when dealing with day-to-day people, not the day-to-day people in our lives, but as another friend of mine in AA calls them, earth people. When dealing with earth people um, that you run into on a daily basis, the one way (laughs) that you can deal with people, that I deal with people, serenity prayer. We can only change ourselves. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Just, I can't change that person. I can't, I can't change the woman who yelled at me. I can't change the man who flipped me off. So just, just, just grant it to me. Okay. Because, you know, I, I realize that their behavior is not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of them. Um, so God grant me the serenity. Accept the things I cannot change and the, give me the courage to change the things that I can. So, you know, if you're dealing with a difficult person, you have the right to say, you know what, I don't accept the way that you're talking to me right now, so I'm going to have to ask you to leave, or I'm going to have to ask you to go to the back of the line, or let me get another waiter for you, or let me get another representative for you, or, you know, whatever it is in your line of work or your day-to-day life, it's okay to not accept someone's negativity. Nope. 
not going to do it. Okay, so there's your courage. So the serenity prayer, every time, every situation, every time, every person, every place, everything. Okay, um, we can only focus on us and our own recovery. And it states in the dig, <laughs> in the dig book, you got to dig through it. Um, you do have to dig through it sometimes, actually. I'm not really wrong there. Um, in the big book, you guys remember the story of the doctor, the alcoholic, and the addict? And if you haven't found that story yet, I suggest you go read it. It's really good. Um, but in the big book, the story says, when I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of life unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation to be as exactly the way it is supposed to be. So all these difficult people in our lives, from the guy at the grocery store to your mother, those things are exactly the way it is supposed to be. And you need to accept that. Because if you allow them to influence you when you're disturbed, it's because something's unacceptable to you. And that's okay. Things can be unacceptable. Things can be, you know, I don't approve of that. That's fine. But you have to at least accept that that's how those things are. And the only way you can change them is by moving forward and having the real conversations, giving second chances, being able to create boundaries, attempt to understand other people, modify your behavior. You know, it states in the big book as well, acceptance is the answer to all my problems. Doesn't mean we accept people's shitty behavior. It doesn't mean we accept the way that people treat us. It doesn't mean that we just accept like being a doormat. But we accept the situation for what it is. And we modify ourselves to how we can deal with that situation. So really think about that in your day-to-day -day life. Okay? Because it's really not easy dealing with people. <laughs> it really isn't. I've been in politics and criminal justice for 20 years. And that job got harder. Like when I joined or when I joined, when I got my job in criminal justice and politics, I really didn't expect the job would get harder. I thought the job would get easier, you know, as we made progress. Um, <laughs> progress is a funny thing too. Progress over perfection, right? Oh, we are far away from perfection in this society. Um, but difficult people have no bearing on our sobriety. They shouldn't have a bearing on our sobriety. They shouldn't have any impact whatsoever on our sobriety. Those people don't make you drink. You make you drink. If you're going to relapse or have relapsed or going to relapse, it's because that first drink has already been drunk in your head. It has nothing to do with anybody else. You quit doing your program. You quit um, doing daily meditation, talking to your sponsor, being involved. There are so many things that you didn't do that led you to that first drink. So Tom, Dick, or Harry flipping you off on the interstate has absolutely nothing to do with you drinking.
So, we deal with difficult people every day in our lives. Every day. And we have to remember that not everybody has a program like we do. Not everybody understands making amends. Not everybody understands behaviors that not aren't right or wrong, but um, that are acceptable or not acceptable. And some people just don't want to forgive us. That's okay. That's Then that's when you walk away. But know that people in your life that are difficult, your family, your friends, your spouse, people who refuse to let go of the past, people who continually bring it up to you, people who hold it over your head, it is not okay. It is not okay. Because you've done your program. You've done your amends. You're changing your life. You're changing your behavior. And I don't care what in the hell you have done in your past. No one gets to treat you like shit. And it is okay for you to say, hey, you can't do that. You can't say that to me. You can't treat me that way. I do not accept the way you treat me. Put up that boundary. People don't get to treat you like shit just because you chose to deal with your trauma. Or not chose. I apologize. Let me rephrase that. Because you dealt with your trauma in a manner of chemical dependence. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a shitty wife, a shitty mother, a shitty father, a bad employer. It doesn't make you a crappy brother. It makes you a human being. Okay? So, remember, serenity prayer, ask for help, boundaries, talk, acceptance, love, forgiveness. That doesn't mean people quit being difficult, but this means that you are growing. You're growing as a human. You're growing in your spiritual program, and you're growing in the program of AA itself. So, while you go through this, don't forget to be grateful. Be grateful that you have a program. Be grateful that you have the capability to actually work through things and have a community because not everybody does. Okay? So, attitude of gratitude for this week. Um, I've actually had two friends that have celebrated a year um, and 18 months of sobriety. So, I am really excited for you to... I'm really proud of you too, and I can't wait to see you again in a couple of weeks. So, attitude of gratitude for the program bringing me new girlfriends that I absolutely love, um, who are sober and crazy like me, um, and teach me that <laughs> like the best part of life is just beginning. I hope that you guys have a great rest of your week, and I cannot wait to get back to you next week. Until next week, fam, be well. Thank you for joining us on A Sober Girls Podcast, where we get together to talk about each other's experience, strength, and hope. I hope that today's episode was something that you needed to hear today, something that you can carry with you. I really look forward to our time together. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at A Sober Girls Pod. Also, you can check us out on Twitter at A Sober Girls Pod and our website at A Sober Girls Podcast.podbean.com. Till next time, be well, fam.